BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Geek Vibes Live Review. Today, we are talking about the first five episodes of HBO Max's The Flight Attendant, starring Kelly Cuoco. But before I go further into that, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me today, Juwan. How are you doing? I am really excited uh, to talk about this show. Huge shouts out to Tia. I believe it was your article that got me interested in the show. Um, huge shouts out to Tia. Tia. Yeah, I was super excited to start the show because I actually watched the Big Bang series for probably the first five or six seasons like i was invested in it very much so and for those who've watched the big bang you can see like kaylee cuoco is definitely playing this stereo the stereotypical um dumb blonde for all intents purposes not trying to be offensive or anything here but that definitely was what her role was supposed to be now if you watch the show in later seasons, they definitely saw that 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 uh, characterization was definitely like it, it was a punchline, right? So they kind of made her character a little smarter. But for the most part, I think people perceived Kaylee as just kind of the ditzy sort of person. And then we saw not that we see her, we hear her in the animated Harley Quinn series, which I was happy about that as well. But then seeing that she was going to be in this drama where she also produced it, I was like, yes, go Kaylee. Like I'm all about her breaking away from her stereotypical role in the Big Bang Theory. So it just got me so excited to just see her kind of flex her talents. And I don't know about you, Juwan, but I think this proves that she is more than what you thought she was in the Big Bang Theory. I've never seen an episode of the Big Bang Theory. Um, All right, so that's actually perfect. So this this in the Harley <laughs> Quinn series is kind of your introduction to her. Right. I think she's very, very, very gifted. And I will also tell people to play the dumb blonde is a lot harder um, than a lot of people um, make it out to be. Because it's not like you're casting actual dumb blondes. You know, like y- you have to get into the role of that. Um, it's why uh, 
uh, Reese, I think it's Reese, Reese Witherspoon, um, in uh, what was that movie? Legally Blonde. Uh, I love that movie, by the way. <laughs> but no, I'm saying you give her so much credit because it's like, obviously, she puts so much into that. And it, it so lives up to the, the stereotype of it that it just makes it so enjoyable. But you understand how great of an actress she is, obviously, outside of that that comedy aspect. And I think Kay, uh, Kaylee is doing that for herself. But I will say this. her uh, What she did with the Harley Quinn animated show definitely built her up enough juice that it really seems like Warner is like, whatever you want to do. Yep. Which- which I love. I'm super happy about that. Um, to me, it's like, I think that there needs to be more of this push for her to get, because if you think about it, like, she's right in the correct age of when an actress would really be sort of expanding herself into Hollywood into more mature roles so I think that that's honestly just great and I'm just super excited so I'm really pumped to go further into the show with you absolutely yeah absolutely so um tell me your general thoughts about the flight attendant watching the first five episodes um again I read your I I read your review but I think I think I read your review after I saw the first episode so I went into episode one not really knowing what I was getting into. I'm just a fan of hers. So I was like, okay, let's let's see what this is. And I am a sucker for murder mystery. Um, I think murder mysteries are amazing. I think um, most murder mysteries don't pay off. But the buildup is always what I love. The undoing to me is is the biggest proof of that pudding um the build-up was great and then when you get to the reveal you're kind of like oh man you took me on a wild ride for that um but this is blending uh, you know what this reminds me of Tia honestly it reminds me of Knives Out to where it's like it's very humorous but it has very serious uh tones in it um but it's just an overall good time she is amazing in her role um, I love her best friend. Her best friend is easily my favorite character out of the entire series so far. Um, and her boyfriend, uh, her, uh, her best friend's boyfriend also. My two favorite characters. Um, we'll get more into the, the boyfriend. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I definitely love those two characters, but so far it's been great. I, there's not one piece of this show that I look at and I'm like, nah, I don't really like it. I, I'm loving everything so far. Yeah, um, when I was, say, watching the trailer and reading the synopsis of the show and it was saying how she definitely is a heavy drinker, I, you know, I expected like, okay, party girl, right? No, she's a full-fledged alcoholic and it's almost, I, I don't mean this in like any sort of way, but it's like almost impressive where it's like, how do you function drinking that much throughout the day? How are you actually a flight attendant because you know 
back in the day, I think people saw flight attendants as just say pretty and maybe something to kind of just look at, but flight attendants are very important. There's a lot that goes into, and we see even how her character knows multiple languages so that she can, um, you know, do her job. So it's like, how do you function just consuming that much alcohol? And we, and you would think so. All right, here's the pretty much the synopsis of the show. And spoiler alert for those who haven't actually seen it, but it's all about Kaylee Cuoco as Cassie. She's a flight attendant. Um, it, one night she's in Bangkok after being on a flight, right? And she meets someone, this guy Alex, in the first class section. They hit it off, they go out to dinner. She wakes up. You presume she obviously slept with this guy she wakes up she looks in the bed and there he is dead with blood everywhere i have to say joan that after that like obviously she blacked out from drinking you would think that she would actually stop drinking after that yeah no it seems to obviously be her coping mechanism um and another thing that i love about murder mysteries are a good murder mystery will have you questioning the person that they want you to question. So obviously they're playing up the angle of she sometimes gets blackout drunk. Is it possible she murdered him and, and, uh, and completely forgot about it or completely pushed it out of her brain? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, you know, a good murder mystery will point it to her and it not be her. So the biggest question is, who, you know, who did it and why? Um, I'll even say in one of these last episodes, Tia, I paid a lot of attention to it because, like I said, I love murder mysteries. There's a reason why they were trying to tell you, like, hey, like when that plane crashed, you weren't worried about the people. You were more so intrigued by, you know, the idea of the plane crashing. Like, maybe there's something wrong with you. So, like, as much as they're trying to play up, like, dude, like, no, she's incredibly nice and loving and caring. Um, they're also trying to kind of tease you at the idea of maybe something's off. Um, but I love the way that this show kind of zigzags in and out of everything um, to where you're just questioning literally everything by the end of the episode. So definitely in the first episode or so, I was very much convinced that she was probably the killer. I'm not really convinced now. I think that the show has gone in a direction to kind of show that she's being set up by this very secretive organization. But I will say how crazy would it be for her to be doing all this research, right? Because and we'll get into this, but the character Miranda that they introduce, that they make it seem as if this is the woman who definitely killed alex but they haven't come uh, correct me if i'm wrong but they haven't come out and actually said that miranda killed alex it's just we're supposed to assume that so right. imagine all this stuff goes on and kaylee i mean not kaylee cassie was actually the one who killed him like that would just be insane to me yeah. so yes yeah, go ahead no 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 you i was just gonna say um the first thought i had around episode three was what if, because remember they keep saying like, you know, like who does she work for? Who does she work for? Like, why is she here? Who does she work for? I kept saying, what if she is like a, a secret agent for like a rival company or something? 
And she's just been playing this off like, oh, no, I don't know anything. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. But really, she's cleaning, like she's cleaning up after herself. Like she's all the evidence she's seeking so she can kind of get rid of it. So like no one knows that it was her. Um, I mean, she even got the cops uh, at this. Well, one of the cops at this moment, like, no, it's totally not her. Like, clearly, like she was set up. The other cop doesn't want to believe it. And to me, whenever they're split like that, one of them is usually 100% correct. And I'm just not sure at this point that um, either one, like, I'm not sure what side is correct. But there's a reason why those two are separated in their thinking of who actually did this. So, I mean, no, and, and again, I will echo you to you. I don't think she did. Um, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of the obvious. Like anytime you watch a murder mystery and you're like, oh man, it was like the husband did it. And then like, they're like, oh no, maybe it was the neighbor. Maybe it was her mom. And then it ends the show and it's like, no, her husband did it. I hate that. Uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's very much like in Knives Out where you referenced, right? Um, I think at first you would have never suspected that Chris Evans character did it. Right. So um, I think that that's really cool in that case. Yeah. So who knows? We'll have to definitely see how that works out. But as of right now, we're working along the suspicion that she did not kill Alex. And it's funny that I wasn't expecting in the show to have this thing where now Cassie kind of communicates with um, with Alex. Now, for the record, I don't think this is any like her speaking with the dead sort of thing. I think this is just supposed to like visualize her thought process. And obviously, this is a really traumatic thing that she a can't remember. B woke up to a dead body and now is involved in this whole thing with the FBI. So it's like. I think that that would give anyone a psychotic break. So I definitely don't think that this is something where you're supposed to believe um, that she's communicating with the real Alex. This is really just all in her head. I agree. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I do believe it's all in her head. Now, what I will say is, <laughs> now I wanted to ask you this. I couldn't wait to do this with you to ask you this. If I was standing there talking to you, right, and uh -huh. all of a sudden, I'm just like, I black out for like, let's say three or four minutes. How is it that she zaps out in the middle of a conversation, <laughs> talks to this guy in her head, and then like zaps back and no one's like, bro, where did you go? for like five minutes? Like you were just standing here talking to yourself. <laughs> like, what was what was happening there? Like, do you think do you think she's literally saying this in her head or do you think it's at all possible that she's maybe like whispering it out loud and maybe no one's catching it? Um, well, first of all, I want to say it's funny you mentioned that. So I don't think you ever watched the show I Zombie, right? No. Okay, so really quick synopsis, right? In iZombie, if you're a zombie and it, it was very warm bodies, right? If you're a zombie and you ate a brain, you got like visions of the person who you ate their brain, right? And the main character throughout all the first few seasons would have a moment where something would be triggered and you'd like see her stand and like her eyes go really wide and, you know, she has this vision and the whole like first few seasons as the viewer, you're just like, oh, she sees that really quick probably. No 
one notices. But in like the fourth season, you see like the other people around her just staring at her as she's just in this like canatonic state. And they're like, yeah, she just does that every once in a while. <laughs> you, know? you just kind of have to go. So to me, that's how I, I feel it is with Cassie. It's not like, oh, that's something for us seems like it's really short but i mean for us seems really long but for everyone around her is like her just blinking it's like no i just literally think she just stares off into space and has this like conversation in her head and that's because you do see a few times someone like tapping the table going are you with us still and all that so maybe it's not as long as we perceive it to be but it definitely is a good amount of time of her just staring like silently yeah, I, I I look at it. And I'm just like, I don't know. That would really freak me out. Um, but no, like like I was saying, this this show has done a really great job. Um, I love the characters that it that it introduces. Um, <clears throat> it seems like, and here's here's what the funniest thing about this this show is to you. Obviously, it seems like the drinking is to fill a void. Now, whether mm-hmm. that void is a loss of her dad, whatever loss of her mind whatever that void is it seems like the drinking is supposed to fill that or to null it out right Mm -hmm. crazy thing about her story is it seems like if she were to just buckle down all the good things she's looking for are right there a really good guy in the guy that she keeps saying like oh i'll explain later i'll text you later like and he's like like what is happening here um, you know, obviously her relationship with her best friend could be a thousand times better. Um, you know, they could do double date. Like, it's just so much about her life could be so simple. Um, but she's just going 95 miles per hour in her brain with everything that's happening. That she's, re- she's literally missing life as it's passing her by. Obviously, I get it, you know. Uh, she's trying to figure out what happened, but it's just funny to me that in you know in her trying to figure out like who murdered this guy she's literally missing all the good things that could be in her life while she's kind of at the same time sabotaging all those things uh in in the same vein well yeah and i think i said this in my review where i said that she seems to really have people who care about her it's not that there are people around her don't care about her Annie, her best friend, clearly adores her. Um, Shane, one of the other air stewardess, really likes her. The fact that he even agreed to go with her to the memorial. Um, Megan, played by Rosie Perez, calls her all the time. Maybe a little too much, but uh, still shows that she adores her as well. So she has called her her best friend. Called her best friend, exactly. So she has people who really care about her um and i think that um yes this whole situation with alex's murder is causing her to lose out on a lot but i think that in general her drinking is probably preventing her from spending a lot of time with her because if you remember there's at some point in one of the episodes right where annie is proclaiming this is my best friend um, I would do anything for her, which we see Annie does do something for her, something very big that she shouldn't have done. Um, and her boyfriend, I believe his name is Max, right? Yeah. Annie. Yeah. And Max says, is she your best friend? Like, I practically lived with you, and this is the first time I'm meeting her. She only calls when she is in trouble, and that's the only thing you guys practically speak about. 
And it's like, it seems as if um, all these people really care about Cassie, but she's just such a heavy drinker and trying to obviously fill a void in her life by the heavy drinking, the promiscuous relationships, um, and not being home really because she is, you know, of the nature of her job as well. She even says that to Alex, um, it prevents you from really establishing relationships. Yeah, I always call that, that kind of friendship, I always call the the parent complex to where it's like your parents do all this stuff for you and like you don't really, uh, you don't really think about it because like they're your parents. So like you're not at every, at every turn just appreciating everything that they're doing because part of you is like, well, I'm only here because of you. Like you're, you're my mom, like you're my dad, you're supposed to do these things. And I kind of feel like their friendship is more so like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. Mom, help me. And then like the mom helps you and you're like, I don't really need to thank you. Like you're supposed to want to help me. And it's like, no, I'm not your mom though. I'm your friend. She's she's the, she's like the hot mess friend, right? Where you're like, I love this person. I want to help them, but eventually it gets tiresome and not to skip too much ahead but we literally see that at i believe the end of episode five where she's calling everyone no one's picking up because i think it's like it's almost like the boy who cried wolf even though she's not crying wolf on anything but the same concept where it's like eventually at some point it's it's enough yeah no and 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 it hurts because you look at their friendship and you go they obviously love each other. I mean, I, I don't think she's using her in any in any sense of the word. Um, I just think she doesn't know how to process relationships, whether that's um, dating, whether that's friendship, whether that's brother, whether that's anything. I think she just struggles kind of understanding like what her role in these things is. Because I do believe, like, look at how she... Um, She's using these scenarios with with some of these guys to where remember when she was completely freaking out and then she went over the guy's house um, and, and they slept together. It's like she literally is attaching it purely to emotion to where it's like, I need this. Well, even remember in the first episode after the incident in Bangkok and I I've forget where they are i think they're in seoul at this point and she's in the hotel and she's just getting ice and the pilot who you find out she had had a one night stand with a year prior is like oh you know aren't we going to do that thing that we normally do and she's like hell no get away from me and then like two seconds later she's like you know what i want to like drown out my thoughts for a second get up into that elevator right now you know, she and I believe she probably was going to sleep with him if it weren't for the fact that she had this like really psychotic moment where she thought uh, a picture was moving. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's just crazy, Cassie. And we'll get, I, I have so many thoughts. There's so much to really just uncover in this show. But I wanted to, so first of all, the big thing I want to talk about is Davy. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about. Rosie Perez's character, Megan, because first of all, I have to admit, I didn't know a lot about the show before it came on. So I didn't know Rosie Perez was going to be in it. So when she popped up, I was like, oh, cool. And I thought she was just going to have this kind of little side um, 
side story where she's just say the other flight attendant but no now she has her old whole little plot line here where it's like what is going on with megan she seems like you know she's just this well-to-do nice woman right she's a flight attendant she has uh, a seemingly good relationship with her husband who is a businessman they live in this really nice looking house um you could say that she's probably a little bored because uh she probably lives away from everyone else she's not as young as everyone else so she doesn't have a whole lot of friends or anything but you know that's that's kind of typical right and then suddenly she's into corporate corporate espionage. So Juwan, tell me what you thought about that whole thing. Like when you, it was first revealed that she was getting into that. It, it threw me for a loop. It, it really did. Um, and what I've been enjoying about the story uh, of her specifically is how out of touch her husband is. Um, you know, uh, he sees her at the hotel and he's like, what are you doing here? Like, he's <laughs> doing the worst. she's like, uh, it was a surprise for you. And it was like, oh, okay. And it was like, all right, come on, man. I, I, I will say really quick before you go on. I said this to my mom because, um, her and I actually watched the first three episodes again. She wanted to get into the show. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I said to my mom, I go, listen, he obviously works at some private sort of company, right? And the files that he deals with are pretty secretive to the point where, you know, literally these other people are, you know, having to get them by secretive means, right? So why would you be so willing to let your wife use your work computer to go on eBay? Do you not have other computers in the house to be like, Oh honey, why do you need to use my work computer? Can't you use like the, you know, we live in this nice house. I'm sure there's a desktop. You guys got a kid. So I'm sure he has a desktop and then you probably have a laptop and there's probably a tablet and your phone, you know, you can, you can go on eBay on your phone. So to me, it just felt like he so was like, sure, honey, I'll bring my work computer with all these really sensitive files home so that you can bid on something on eBay. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. Um, It it, it was honestly weird, but that's, that's how out of touch I think he is because he's not thinking like, oh, she's doing something mischievous. He's legit thinking, oh, she's just spending, you know, a whole bunch of money on eBay or whatever. Um, and I love when she's kind of like, hmm, it seems to be going slow because I've found some kind of porn on here. Oh, yeah, she totally threw her son under the bus. <laughs> no, but wait, did you see how she cleaned it up to where she was like, if it's not him, who? It's him? you then. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'll I'll go talk to our son. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Which then to me was like an admission of guilt. Like he has been watching that on that computer. It 100 <laughs> was. That's why he started laughing. Like as he started calling the son's name, he started laughing. He knew he was caught. <laughs> yeah. So it. You are right. They, he is very out of touch, and I think that's just supposed to be the nature of his character. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's a pretty well-known actor, right? Isn't that um someone? <laughs> I saw him. And I was like, the face looks so familiar. Hold on, it's not who I thought it was. It's not the guy from Mindhunter because he could look a little like the guy from Mindhunter, but he's still a well-known actor. If you look a flight attendant and look at the cast, I'm sure you can like look it up but um 
while we wait on that um what you calls it yeah so the whole thing with megan is so interesting because she just looks like your typical mom um i mean to the point where the guy who she's even getting untraceable flash drives calls her mrs briscoe i mean she's just a mom and the fact that like oh and that was the best too joan where she i thought she was paying him in money no she pays him in drugs and he's like what is this and she's like just drugs just take them have fun (laughs) and it's like i mean it's such a mom thing like not in the drug sense but to just to be like have fun you know just don't worry honey have fun and then it's like but it's drugs that she's giving someone and the fact that she's like but if you die then your mother's gonna kill me and i don't feel like having a double funeral with you i'm like she's such a mom and doing all this shit she reminds me the more she talked like the more she was talking to him she reminds me so much of uh i think it was amy poehler amy poehler and mean girls to where like she was a cool mom but she was like Alright, I'm not gonna let you guys do blah blah blah, but I will let you guys drink. Like you guys wanna drink with me. And it's like, all right, like like part of you is like, all right, I'm a mom, but like I wanna be a cool mom. Uh, <laughs> so it's like the more she talks to him, she's like, All right, listen, I'm a mom. I don't want you to die, but I wanna be the cool mom. So I'm gonna I- give you drugs. <laughs> with your kids. Um, but no, I mean everything about her story is just so enticing and and i think the biggest thing i'm looking forward to tia is to see if it meshes with the main story at all yeah um like how does that come full circle to what's going on with the main story um if if it does at all i mean you know maybe this is just her little side thing Um, well it seemingly doesn't but you could say maybe the people that she's working for have something to do with the sokolovs and all that I will say that I felt a little bad for Megan because it seems as if I don't think that she has nefarious reasons as to do what she's doing, right? Because they mentioned at some point that the company isn't treating her husband well. So I think she really cares for her husband and maybe she really is doing this as a means to like help him out. Um, But she's so getting taken advantage of. I mean, the when she was like, oh, are we going to get in trouble for this? And the guy's like, don't worry. My company in Seoul will help you. And it's like, no, he won't. And I'm like, how naive are you, Megan? How naive? <laughs> Very naive. Um, but no, I, I think they're treating her the same. Uh, I think she's in the same exact spot that Annie is in. And that position is, I mean, it's, it's like people tell you all the time. It's like, once you do something bad for someone, they now have you forever because they could always say like, why well, can go tell the cops like you robbed that bank yesterday? Like, you know, like if you don't rob another bank for me, I'll tell them you robbed that one, you know? And then like the person's always like, well, I'll tell them you made me. That doesn't ever hold up. <laughs> like yeah. that, that, that's usually never a good defense. Like, oh, he made me go rob that, that bank and take all this money. So I look at her situation and I kind of go, now that they got you, they at any point can just ask you to do whatever crazy stuff they want um, because there's no going back for you. Like that moment has come and gone for you to say, you know what, this is not for me. I don't want to do this. It's wrong. Uh, You've now been wrong. You've now done wrong so much um, that they got you now. And and, and that's what bothers me the most about Annie Tia. And, And that's why I say 
I love her character so much. I love how hilarious she is. I love how caring she is. Um, but what's going on with her, Tia, is definitely going to make me emotional. Um, well, it still doesn't deserve it. Annie, I love her because she's so neurotic. Not in like, when I say neurotic, like she's such a good friend to the point where she was so worried about Cassie when she's at the memorial, right? And I love the line because it's such a friend line, right? Where she goes, if she dies, I'm going to kill her. And it's like, I love that. Like, that's such a typical thing. Like, I love that. But yeah, so Annie is a great character. I will say, so she bails out Cassie because, all right, so for those who are listening, and um, again, spoiler alert, but freaking, whatchamacallit, it, Cassie decides to go to the memorial service for Alex. We're, her and us as the viewers are slowly finding out that the Sokolovs are involved in some sort of um it seems like some sort of freaking illegal transportation shit and all that you know yada yada the point is that um cassie was definitely snooping and they were definitely going to kill her um if it weren't for the fact that annie who's a lawyer decided to call one of her clients who are also kind of in illegal shit and saved cassie and so because of that Annie has to um, do something for them. When she, when Annie goes to the guy that is giving her her task, and at first she says no, I'm like, Annie, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't say no to these people. Your boss even told you, like, whatever they tell you to do, you have to do. And it's like that setting looked illegal and sketchy as shit anyway. Like anytime you walk to the back of like a kitchen and there's some guy and another and some other person at a table just kind of calmly eating and like people show you in to it, it's not a good setting. All right. It's not a good setting. And then she's just like, oh no, I can't do that. Is there something else that I can do? And I was like, Annie, what negotiation do you think you have here right now? <laughs> she's like, can I choose a different illegal thing to do? I don't really like this illegal thing. Like <laughs> she's like, I could get um disbarred. I'm like, Annie, you could die. Like <laughs> But wait, the, the most important thing that I love, T, I love how he's like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know what? You don't have to do this. Just know, I'll call you. And when I do call you, I'll be asking you to do something that's a million times worse than this. <laughs> yeah, he was very calm. He was very like, I'm a reasonable man. But the, but the next thing I ask you to do is going to be even nastier. Right. It'll be worse. And you'll, you'll think to yourself, damn. I should have just did the first thing that he asked me. So, but no, that's and also like like I I think you were saying before, um, what really upsets me is uh her boss, like how her boss is reacting to. It. I I don't want to know. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just because do it. clearly nothing. Because clearly they're defense lawyers, right? right? Who are involved in some really like crime family sort of shit. And, you know, but that's illegal, right? So the boss is like, I do not want to know because technically this conversation is illegal. So to me, it's like, she's like, Annie, you dug your own grave and you're going to have to deal with this. Um, I'll tell you that I could like, 
I could never be a defense lawyer for any of these sort of people because uh, I don't need to get called on to do a favor like that. But um, I don't know what I was. Oh, this is such a minute thing, but Annie must be making good money because did you see her apartment? My, yeah, those yeah. type of apartments are like thousands of dollars a month, like $10,000 a month or more. It's I ridiculous. Think- I think the funniest thing is, I think a lot of people who aren't from the city, Tia, they kind of look at shows like this and they're kind of like, oh, like, that's a really nice place. Like, that must not be expensive. And it's like, no, it is. It's (laughs) really, really, really expensive. Um, Because because really quick, because places like that are typically, say, warehouses that they renovated and made into this, like, big space, like, very Matt Murdock in Daredevil, right? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're insane. I'll give you an example really quick. Um, I used to be such a fan of Sex and the City back when it was on, right? And I'm, and mind you, that show came out in the early 2000s, you know? And one of the characters... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Samantha has an apartment similar to the one that Annie has, right? And she mentions at some point, I pay $7,000 a month for this apartment. So that was like 15 years ago. That apartment alone is like fifteen thousand dollars a month (laughs) no exactly and i i think a lot of people forget like these aren't apartments in like idaho and i'm not saying idaho doesn't have expensive uh, apartments but you'll never have more expensive than uh than what new york and new jersey choose to charge people uh for the cost of living so it's like Guys, is it, it expensive in New Jersey? I didn't know that. It is. You could literally say, hey, all I want is a bathroom and a kitchen. In New Jersey, it'd be like, cool, 100000 a month. And you're like, wait, what? I just asked <laughs> for a bathroom and a kitchen. I know. I know. And, and, then, and then New Jersey will tell you the, the bathroom doesn't even work. But yeah, 100000 a month. wait that just reminds me this is so off topic but i watched this special years ago about this guy who's like i only pay a thousand dollars a month for an apartment and it's a block away from the jacob javits center and when they showed his apartment it was literally a room like a 10 by 5 room right it didn't have a kitchen it had a toilet in the corner all he had was like a bed and a desk and i'm like I'll pay like that much to live in Westchester and just commute to the city at that point. <laughs> exactly, a hundred percent. No, but I, that to me was that to me was hilarious. But I will say, um, as a defense attorney, you always make great money. 
purely mm-hmm. because the people you defend always have money. So you have higher retainers. Um, so defense attorneys usually make really, 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 really good money. Well, I'll give you an example. My first job out of college was as an admin at a defense, um, a defense law, t- law firm, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the people who, all the lawyers who work there, they're all decked out in Prada and Louis Vuitton and shit like that. I mean, you knew that they were making money. And then a few months later, I was only there for a few months. And a few months later, I did a temp job at a law firm but they did like life not life like elderly stuff right i mean they were like old ladies who did like the, the difference of the law firm so you can go into law but like defense is where the money's at no I, I, absolutely but i always say defense attorneys have the most dangerous job because it's a two-way street um you feel the danger of usually whoever you're defending and you have to be able to sleep at night knowing it's a really good chance the person you're defending did it, but yeah. your job is to not care and it's to get them off. So, like, if he killed the the other side's, like, uh, uh, dad or something, you have to be able to sleep at night knowing he did it. <laughs> <laughs> your job was to not care and was to get him off. Um, so, I mean, but I, it's a very dangerous but, job to have. But Annie's such a good friend just going back to that because um, – she full on tells Cassie, of course, I'm going to defend you. I'm your best friend. And she goes, and of course, I'm going to do it pro bono, because why would I charge you? Like, she's just amazing. And I love her little quirky relationship with Max, where it's just so she digs him. She loves him. And but she's so weird with her commitment, which we don't know why she could have um, some stuff, you know, in her. or Maybe she doesn't want Uh, to get too close because she knows the people she works with is dangerous. So she kind of keeps them at an arm's length, but they're, they're adorable together. I love them together. They're my two favorite characters of this whole show. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love them so, 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 so much. Um, But did you want to get into the actual illegal act that she had to pull off? Um, we can get into that. And then afterwards, I really want to talk about uh, Cassie's relationship with Davey, because that was something we had a slight Twitter um, argument about. <laughs> let's let's get to that, because we definitely did disagree on that. Um, but our, our disagreement was slightly fundamental. It wasn't like, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. It of course, like, yeah. It was just like, me seeing it from your side and then you seeing it from my side and then we both kind of just going yeah but <laughs> <laughs> so um, go ahead so let's start off with so cassie has a brother davy davy lives in denver i think she said I, I I believe so. So he lives in Denver. He has a husband. He has two little girls. They seemingly have this really nice life in this nice house. Um, the husband definitely seems a lot more chill than Davy is. Davy seems very, um, uh, again, neurotic probably isn't the right term, but um, worried always. Um, even when he's talking on the phone, you could tell that there's a distrust between them because even when they're on the phone, Cassie says, oh, I want to take the girls to the aquarium. And Davy's like, I think we should all do it together. Like, 
pretty much makes it very clear that he does not want his sister alone with his children. And you can definitely make an argument as to why that's valid. She's an alcoholic and um, he doesn't want his children to be some sort of casualty because of Cassie's uh, dysfunctional life. Right. But I will say that the scene that really I just disagreed with Davy um, was the scene where she, cause she made a point right to come back and be there for dinner to even be there early, which we see from Kathy. She is not early to anything and she's there early to the dinner. No one else shows up. And then Davy shows up to explain that they're not coming. He told them all to stay in the hotel and kind of made a little bit of a mockery of her. And it's like, I get it. They both grew up with an alcoholic father who um, clearly favored Cassie over Davy. But there's a lot of dynamics there. First of all, you can get the gist that the father was a single dad. And he was very much like a man's man, like drinking his beers, doing manly things. And he projected that onto his daughter. She was the tomboy. And he perceived Davy as being soft. Didn't, you know, he even says that Cassie is the son that he always wanted, pretty much. Um, And I get all that. And especially when we see, say, the egg race where the father even pushes Davy. It's like, I get that. Like, Davy's feelings are valid but their father isn't around so he takes it out on cassie and we have to remember that cassie was a little girl just looking for her dad's approval and it's hard being the child of an alcoholic um and the fact that the father um gave cassie beer all the time he was the start of her alcoholism and alcoholism alcoholism is a, is so difficult to overcome um and i don't think that to say fully that it's not cassie's fault is wrong because cassie is an adult now and should try to seek help but i think that davy is just projecting a little too much of himself onto his sister when i think that maybe being a little bit more supportive of her could really help her because that's the only family she has left. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're not wrong in anything that you said. Let, let me, let me preface that. Um, but I will say it's their relationship. I compare it to, I've seen this a lot and I'll use this example. You'll okay. So like, let's say someone has a mom, a uh, single mom, right? The dad was a deadbeat. Uh, you know, he, he left them. She had to, you know, fend for herself, really taking care of two kids uh, by herself, right? The mm-hmm. mom will look at her kid. She'll see one kid that looks just like her. She favors that kid. And then the other kid that happens that just so by the unluck of the draw looks just like his father, she will despise him. Mm -hmm. everything that he stands for only because he looks like the father. I think Davy's problem is her drinking reminds him of his father. So every time he sees her doing it, it it just brings back horrible memories of how horribly his dad treated him. And again, that's not, that's not Cassie's fault whatsoever. Um, 
but I will say her her biggest problem is I think if she if she remembered half the stuff that he has to live with, he would understand it a little bit more. Like you just said it to you. He didn't want her to watch the kids alone. And why was that a smart idea? She lost the kids. <laughs> again, again, I am not saying it like she's a horrible person. I'm not saying that because kids, you could be paying attention and kids will, will, will disappear on you. Um, but that's the exact thing he was talking about. You have to be alert. Like you just have to be, you have to, and it's not caring. I don't want to say that. You just have to be invested enough to say, you know what? All of my time is them. Everything else uh, comes comes later. Unfortunately, she answered the phone, and it only takes that second to lose a child. It only takes that second. So part of that was just like, I told you, and I know a lot of people, I saw a lot of people on Twitter was like, she's being a good auntie. She got them a whale. What's the big deal? The big deal is, and again, I am not a parent, so I'm not saying it like I am. I just, I've had, I have a lot of siblings and I have a lot of cousins uh, that I used to watch all the time. The principle of you doing something when I asked them, when I asked you not to, is they lean on that. Meaning that every time they want to get away with something, they'll go to you and they'll vilify me for it. But what kids don't understand at a young age is if I tell you that you can't have something, it's not because I want to be the big bad guy. It's because you have to understand you have to earn things. You have to work for things. There's just, there's fundamental things that, that come with, uh, you know, raising, uh, you know, raising kids. So his big thing to her was, it wasn't that you were being a cool auntie and got them a gift. It was the idea that you asked them to lie to me. Like, I think he would have, he would have been upset, but I think he would have let it go if she gave it to him and then she pulled him to the side after and was like, listen, I know you're going to be upset. I don't get to see them. You know, I, I wanted to get them a gift. I got them the, the, the whales. If you want to take them away till you know, maybe they, they earn it or whatever. Sure. But I just wanted to let you know. So there was no shocker, but I did get, them. and I think he would have, they would have talked it out there and I think he would have been a little upset, but they would have worked past it. Um, but one thing you, you don't ever do is tell a child to, to lie to their parents. It's, it's not a good thing. It's really not a good thing. Yeah. And I can see that certainly being something that he disliked. And I will say that that scene definitely was her trying to make up for the fact that she lost them and she got so angry at them. Right. Um, she got so angry at them to the fact that I think they cried. <laughs> I think they ran into their father's arms and cried. And so she was like, okay, this is my way to make up, which is never a good way to try to make up to children just by materialistic means. So it's like, I understand, I guess just it's like seeing Cassie's past. It's like, Davy, I think your anger is towards your father but your father isn't around. And of course, Cassie now is reminding you of your father because of the alcoholism um, and you're taking it out on them. To me, I always kind of, not always, that's a exaggeration, but now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, all right, this is going to be a stretch, right? Mm -hmm. But Loki's problem was never really with Thor. His problem was with his father, but he took it out on Thor. Well, and to me, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. 
I was going to say, to be fair in both situations, it's never fully one thing. So, for example, um, let's say, Tia, me and you are brother and sister. We grow up. Our parents favor you, right? Like, it's not like a thing to where it's like, Juwan, you're going to sleep outside in the doghouse and, and Tia gets to have all the sweets and stuff. It's more fundamental to where it's like, they kind of favor you a little bit more than they do me. So, like, you get to do a little bit of, of different things that I don't get to do, right? So the fundamental thing with Loki and I'll even say Davy is the problem is with the parent, right? Mm-hmm. What doesn't help it is that the parents have now enabled the spoiled kid. And now the kid is kind of throwing it in, in your face. Like if you ever read any of the comics, like I know the MCU didn't really dive that deep into it, but in the comics, Thor was always teasing Loki and, and making Loki kind of feel like, like somewhat of like the the loser of the family um and you see that one scene with with the hammer on the roof uh before the plane crash that Cassie was making Davy feel really small and like like he didn't matter so it's 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 double-sided it's yes the anger is misguided it does belong on to the parents but most of that anger is bottled up because the the other sibling or cousin or whatever didn't make it any easier you know like it's not like they sat there and they were like no dad come on like stop it like he didn't know or you know like come on let's include him like when you pile on that hate is now thrown to either side and now that the dad is no longer there it's fully charged towards her and she's trying to say like dude we're older get over it and he's saying that's not how trauma works like that's what I was trying to tell Kanan. Like that's not how trauma works, and trauma doesn't work in degrees. Like you can't say, "Well, my trauma was worse than yours." That that's not a thing. Like trauma is trauma. Um. So to me, it's more so they need therapy together for sure, uh, to heal all that. But it definitely is. It's not the kind of anger that you kind of look at and you just go, "Dude." Like, she's not your dad. Relax. It's more so like, no, I understand that. But you don't understand all those days where she was egging him on. Um, You know, whether it was to get into his favor or whatever. Um, So, again, she was really young. And, you know, you don't blame kids. But his anger isn't misguided. It just definitely, it's fueled wrong. Like, it should be fueled for his dad and his dad only. Um, but I can see how years and years and years of, of being teased by your dad and your sister um, can kind of build up on you and you have nowhere to release it. So you bottle it and it comes out in moments where she's like, dude, hey, I, I showed up to dinner early. Like I'm here. Like, let's have some fun. And then instead of him talking it out, um, boom, lashes the anger out. So it also... It also doesn't help that, you know, Cassie has this trauma from waking up to a dead body and her her brother knows nothing of it. And their father died at when they were young, right? right? So I don't know where they went after. They didn't say who they went to live with, but they were both kids. So I'm assuming they didn't just live together. But you would have to imagine that Davey was taking a bit of the parent role. And that's hard to do a be a parent when you're a kid as well to a child who already has a drinking problem so you know again i feel bad for davy i really do i mean that scene where even um 
whatchamacallit, when uh, the father was, you know, up on the roof, was really also, um, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, emasculating. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, he's the boy. And not to get into the gender stereotypes or norms, but, you know, as children, right? You know, he's the boy and his father is mocking him, calling the sister more of a boy than he is, you know? And I don't know if, uh, you know, this conflicted with Davy as a young age, you know, maybe already knowing his sexuality or something, living with a father who is very much the stereotypical, you know, again, I quote man's man and all that. So there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack. I'm really hoping that through the course of, I just don't hope this is the last that we see of Davy because I really want Cassie and Davy to mend their relationship with each other. Yeah. And I, I think it's possible. It's just, she has to get through what she's getting through to be able to focus her energy on that specifically, uh, to give all to it. Um, because, you know, she's shown that with all with everything that's going on, she doesn't have enough to give to the people that are begging for it, like her best friend, like her brother, um, like the lady she works with that thinks they're best friends. Like she just, she's, she doesn't have enough to stretch. Um, so she's more so kind of just like, look, I'm trying to figure out who murdered the guy that I was really into. Let me figure that out. And I promise you, I'm here for you all. But the problem is, Tia, there's not going to be anybody left <laughs> for her to give anything to because she's unintentionally pushing everybody away um, and ultimately seemingly somewhat ruining some of her best friends' lives. Um, so, you know, and again, not her fault, but uh, she's definitely ruining like a lot for herself. So when she finally does get past this all, not going to be many people in her corner uh, when she um, when she comes back. Well, I mean, to all to touch upon that, right? I don't know if you saw the promo for the next episode after episode five, but it seemed as if Annie is now telling Cassie to stay away from her unless that was, you know, spliced to make it seem like that's who she was talking to and all that. But um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I completely believe that that's, that's what she should be saying. Um, Look at how, look at how the course of a few weeks or a few days, I don't even really know how much time has passed in these episodes. (laughs) um, Let's say a few weeks, Look at what a few weeks has done to um, to Annie. Literally just a few weeks. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And now look at her life. So it's like, yeah, you got to stay away from me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're starting to poison my life also. So um, before we, because we're going on an hour here. So before we kind of wrap everything up, I did want to mention a very small dynamic in the show that, I kind of love as well. And they're kind of becoming like my favorite, say, side characters. I don't know if you get this, but, or if you feel this way or even pay attention to them as much, but I love the FBI agents. Like their whole dynamic is hilarious to me. I mean, I, I fell in love with that, with that team when she was getting a hot dog and she was <laughs> like, um, and he was pretty much trying to say like, Oh, I got to where I am because, you know, like I, I go after it. And she was like, oh, really? Yeah. That's why you think you are where you are? So it has nothing to do with the privilege that <laughs> that you were born with. And he was kind of like, uh, 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 
Oh, when she said, I bet you got, she goes, I bet you got here on a lacrosse scholarship. He didn't say no. He did not say no. And she was like, she was like, yeah, she was like, and I like how she was like, I like you. She goes, but I'm a freaking Navy vet. And like, I could never get away. She's like, I'm a woman. I'm a black woman. She was like, and you just full on showed a suspect a picture of a dead body so brazen didn't even have to think about it and it's like i have to think about those things like i have to think about my actions before i do them and you don't right like the ability to make mistakes is very low for me um you're allowed to do the dumbest of all dumb things for a cop and kind of get a slap on the wrist um i'm not afforded that luxury so when I, when I saw that and she kind of somewhat put him in his place, I was like, I'm going to like this friendship. <laughs> <laughs> they have this dynamic where it's like, they clearly like working with each other, but they're two different people with two different backgrounds. So there's definitely going to be this like learning process between them. But ultimately I think he's like, I think he's a good cop. I think she's a good cop. Um, and they want to solve this case, but they may be going in the wrong direction because, they you know, every, on common ground. Right. And they can't, they don't know, say what Cassie knows to them. It's very obvious. Here's this woman who was seen in the hotel. She cleaned up. She lied. She tried to flee when we were going to, you know, uh, interrogate them. Like everything points to them. I mean, points to Cassie, but I do love their um, dynamic with each other. When you first see them, I think he's like over her shoulder or something. And she's kind of like, do you need to be this close? Can you right. back away? <laughs> um, I, I will say be, before we, we get out of here, mm-hmm. um, I did want to ask you this ahead of this week's episode, which I have not seen the, the, the trailer for. Um, oh, gosh. No, The Mandalorian has gotten me so used to not seeing, like, a preview for the the next episode. I kind of just now leaked that into all the shows that I watch. Well, so with the flight flight attendant, let me let you know that um, you have to keep watching it. Like, after the credits, then it shows you a preview to the next episode. I should have, I should have guessed that. Uh, Mm -hmm. The show, um, God, it was a show on uh, Cinemax, The Warrior um the warrior does that like when you watch it on on um uh cinemax's website uh you know if you skip past the the credits it'll tell you like on the next episode so i should have thought that but i haven't (laughs) for the four or five (laughs) weeks that i've been watching it Uh, no not four or five weeks i'm sorry uh the first week it 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 aired the first three episodes look at me um but anyway the last thing i want to ask you before we get out of here is do you think the killer is someone that we have seen on screen? I mean, I very much think that it's Megan, but I could be wrong. Um, I just really don't want to believe that it's Cassie. <laughs> I just really don't want to believe that it's her. But I will say it would make for really good television if it ended up being Cassie. Because it's a, they are saying it's a miniseries, and typically with the miniseries, this is it. So they're going to wrap up. So I don't think that they're going to leave anything for a second season. Cause I don't think that there is the intention that there's going to be a second season. I will tell you, Juwan, that in the promo, um, 
I think Max dies. And I think uh, that's why Annie tells Cassie to stay away from her. And in the promo, Cassie's in jail. She's in a prison outfit. She's behind bars. And it may have something to do with Max. You know what? I I always say this to you, and I'm going to stick with this, and I can almost guarantee you I'm right. I think that's in her head. I think she's freaking out, and she's imagining, like, oh, my God, like, if I continue this, like, I'll end up in jail. I think it's one of her freakouts to where she's imagining herself in jail. Um, But, I mean, I could be completely wrong. She could legit (laughs) be arrested for uh, just purely the intel that they stole. Um, so I mean, there's some stuff that she's done breaking and entering, like, there's a lot that she could have been arrested. Oh, yeah, it's it's funny that her, like, okay, let's say a hypothetical, all right? Mm -hmm. Not that this would ever happen, I hope at least, (laughs) but if I woke up to a dead body, (laughs) I wouldn't be going to the place of work that Alex used to work at, I wouldn't be snooping around, wouldn't be going to memorials or anything like that would never be in my head to do right and she's seemingly like really good at it when her and max were trying to get into the apartment like she was really good at saying that she was family and uh she didn't know the apartment oh i think i think it's possible tia she could be a sleeper agent um and- they did say that but i'm sorry to interrupt no, but no, remember no. in the first episode when the fbi agents were looking at the flight attendants uh the guy i think his last name is van white um said something along the line like oh what oh that's right because the the and i forget her name fully so i apologize but she said something along the lines of that she had heard that flight attendants are the best type of people to be spies because of, you know, how much they travel and Van White kind of scoffs and goes, Oh, what? Like one of these people is secretly a sleeper spy or something. It's like, now that you're talking about, it's like, what if, what if? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, the idea that a sleeper agent has to be activated on top of the fact that she uh, often gets herself blackout drunk mm-hmm. that's the pairing of someone that could have killed someone and completely forgot about it <laughs> like completely forgot that that was her mission she was supposed to do that um why she did it i mean Tia, she's so blackout at this point she's remembering things from childhood that she was like no that didn't happen wait did that happen? So I'm like, it's it's they're setting up to where it's very possible. Um, I just don't like any time you set it up and I guess it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it could be her. And then- I mean, the funniest thing, the funniest thing would be if like the sleeper agent was Shane, because he would be the most unassuming at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll even say I think the guy cop is involved. I think he knows more mm-hmm. than he's letting on. Ooh, okay. That's that's uh that's spicy there. Like, oh, there's so much you don't know. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. He's very willing to sacrifice finding out who possibly really did it to take her down. Yeah, this he's so cop, convinced. The other cop is more interested in the idea that this could be a bigger play uh in motion than than just her. 
right? Oh my God, that is true because he said, he goes, I still think we should have arrested her. Exactly. And, and the female cop was like, nah, there wasn't enough to attach her right. or, you know, blah, blah, blah. There, there was conflicting uh, stories of where she was at that time. That is true. That is true. And I will say there was a, um, a, as we leave here, there was a murder mystery murder. movie that came out a few years ago. I won't say which it was, but it did end to where you were supposed to suspect one person committed the murder and everybody <laughs> helped commit the murder. So I'm like, it is very possible in this show. More, be, be quiet. There is possible that um, more people than just one person were involved in, in this guy's death. I mean, I even throw in, I'm not saying she had anything to do with it, but when the mother heard that name, she was very angry uh, when when Cassie said that name to her. So I'm like, they all they all know that there's more going on uh, than what meets the eye. So I wouldn't be shocked if more people were in the know of how this all yeah. went. Yeah, there's definitely conspiracy. I mean, I was shocked um, when Cassie wanted on board to the, you know, the pilot that is constantly wanting to screw her. Right. And she was like, okay, I want to be on this private plane that you do to make extra money. And she gets on and there's absolutely no one on. And he's just like, you know, I get paid to fly this plane to make it look like, like even he's involved in shady shit. So it's, it's weird that like everyone in this show is to a degree involved in something shady. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if you were like, Davies, some sleeper spy or something, you know. I mean, Jesus Christ. But um, Juan, before we wrap everything up with this episode, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't? Um, no. But like I said before, I think I want to give this another watch. Uh, from episode one all the way to episode six, I think comes out this week. Um, yeah, this Friday. Oh, actually, um, this Friday is going to be episode six and seven. Um, and then the last episode, which will be episode eight, comes out the week after. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, I want to rewatch it and, and then regather my thoughts. And then anything I think I forgot, we'll bring it up at the next pod. Um, but yeah, now that I said that about that cop, I want to look a little bit more into like how he kind of moves and how he reacts to different things that are said and see if I can maybe pinpoint him as a suspect. That's so interesting. Yeah, I am very much loving this series. I, I, I think it's great. I think the acting is great. The story is engaging. I even love the way they are doing it cinematically with even the. Um, I thought it was really cool how they're doing the shots of like cut screens and all that. Um, I, I think stylistically, it's a great show. And really quick before I let you go. Um, very funny in episode four or five i think it was four the scene where rosie perez is sitting down with her son at the mall right mm -hmm. that's the galleria mall in white plains new york 
I practically lived at that mall when I was a teenager. (laughs) Kelly has watched the show and she texts me because she saw it before me. And she goes, oh my God, they're at the gallery. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, you haven't watched the show yet. As soon as I watched the show, I was like, that's the gallery mall. It's so (laughs) noticeable. and It's so funny. So I always love when shows or movies take place in, say, Westchester because it's so... It's so the thing, if it's going to be in New York, it's going to be in New York City. Like, they forget the rest of New York exists. So whenever something with Westchester happens, I always get this, like, slight giddiness in me. But anyway, um, Juwan, I have loved talking about The Flight Attendant with you. I'm glad that you're watching it. And I can't wait till the next two episodes release so that we can speak about it again. Because this is a very interesting show, and each episode unpacks a lot that's the nice thing about it um there never feels like there's a filler episode each episode contains a lot of stuff yep in a mini series you should never give me filler you you have absolutely um but no i I really enjoy this and i think i might have just gotten joel interested in in it excellent hopefully he checks it out and um you know forms an opinion for himself but i told him he'll he'll really enjoy it my mom's getting into it now. Every time she comes over, I go over there. I have to pull up the HBO Max app so that we can watch the flight <laughs> attendant. So, um, Kaylee Cuoco, you are doing an amazing job. Keep it up. I'm super excited to see the rest of the flight attendant and to see what she does next because I'm glad that maybe this seems like maybe Holly was taking her seriously. Um, so awesome. Juwan, um, thank you again for those who are listening. Please make sure that you always check us out, geekfivesnation.com. It has links to all of our social media platforms, which includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on YouTube, Geek Fives Podcast. We provide interviews, reviews, opinion pieces, news, and everything and anything in between. The holidays are coming, and the best thing, the best gift for free is to support Geek Fives Nation. 100%. (laughs) All right, everyone. We will catch you on the next review of The Flight Attendant.